We're going to do more than just subpoena them. We're going to change the course of where the FBI is today. If you look, the FBI is every day we learn something more. That they became and could private companies become a political arm of them to go after individuals with no repercussions for individuals that know what's happening. But it raises more questions. Well, it does raise questions and uh, a couple of semantic fumbles in there, but he might be on the right track anyway. It's possible. Yeah, the FBI, um, just uh, just extraordinary what, uh, what has happened to the FBI under the leadership first of J. Edgar Comey. And then Christopher Wray, who was uh, sneering smug... Uh, Washington bureaucrat in the in the Soviet mold, from what we can tell, smirking his way through dishonest appearances before Congress on Capitol Hill. You remember when he uh, said he absolutely had to go because he had a very important meeting in the middle of a hearing, and it turned out he was going to get on the U.S. government Gulfstream jet and go to upstate New York to spend time with his family. Uh, it's not like the plane wasn't going to wait for him. Uh, you know, the plane was not going to leave without him, but he had to go, and he smirked and was smug about it, and then when called on it by one Republican senator, he uh, smirked smugly again and brushed it off because he learned from Lois Lerner at the IRS, when you're a lefty and you get caught, you just smirk and you keep going, and it's okay because we don't have a legitimate fourth estate that's going to pursue corrupt government officials and their corrupt deeds if they're Democrats. That's a problem that we have in the United States of America. And the FBI, again, uh, quite extraordinary stuff here. The FBI, how many former FBI officials are working at Twitter? It's astonishing, is the story at Red State. And it and it honestly is. But this is, I mean, again, at MSNBC, they hired John Brennan. Who they, they hired, uh, you know, what's his name with the sex in the Xerox uh, room. And they, uh, they hire all these corrupt former FBI and intelligence officials to be their experts uh, on CNN. Yeah, Stroke, Peter Stroke. And, uh, you know, uh, Boink and Lisa Page. I, uh, can you imagine being married? I think they're both married, right? I know Peter Strzok was married at least. And imagine finding about your husband's, you know, Mr. FBI, uh, about his uh, torrid sexual affair in the newspapers. Of course, it didn't appear in the newspapers much, didn't. Maybe his, uh, maybe his wife just watched MSNBC and she never heard about it. That'd be best. So the extraordinary story of the FBI is not really even infiltration, but I guess you could call it that. The FBI stood up an 80-person team of social media-oriented FBI agents, regular contacts to uh, flag tweets, and they were in constant touch with Twitter and Facebook and other social media people, telling them, giving them instructions what they should pull. And who was the reporter? I was talking to Vince Colonnese about this on Friday. There was a, a Washington Post reporter who also, a woman, who also, it was discovered, was writing, oh, no, the people that I called at Twitter uh, who I used to tell to pull tweets are no longer there. 
Who was that? Was that awful, horrible? That, 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 uh, was it Taylor Lorenz? I think it was. It may have been Taylor Lorenz who um, complained in writing that her contacts at Twitter, who she used to call, and she would uh, tell them, oh, you got to pull this uh, tweet. It's true, and we don't want that. Um, and so you got news media people with their contacts at Twitter. And the news media, the corrupt news reporters, these uh, the, the, would call their contact at Twitter and instruct them to make information disappear because that's how corrupt these people are. And it was a corrupt little circle fest and a hot tub, same one that I've been talking about for a long time, hot tub. Oh, yeah, by the way, Mano Manashevitz was in a commercial. It was in an ad for Manashevitz, and then I think it was in a TV commercial. Can't find Sammy Davis actually using it, but we'll keep looking into that. We'll have the FBI uh, get on the job. So um, they've got this team of 80 people in the, inside the FBI that was stood up only after Donald Trump won the presidency. And the 80 agents, they're not pursuing foreign spies or Antifa or Black Lives Matter burning our cities, organized crime or the church burners. They're, no, no, they're uh, attacking speech. The entire 80-man unit, they didn't have any ladies. Just kidding, I made that up. It'd be sexist, that'd be misogyny. Uh, there are probably lady FBI agents, too, who were assigned, and honestly, it's not their fault, they were assigned to this unit, and the unit's mission was apparently to do the bidding of the Democrat Party, this 80-person unit. And they're supposed to flag, flag what they would label misinformation or disinformation. You know, like uh, Donald Trump Russian collusion and Donald Trump Alpha Bank and the dossier and hookers jumping on beds and peeing and... and uh, Let's see, uh, what else? Uh, oh, the Hunter Biden story and the laptop wasn't true. The emails weren't real. That was all Russian disinformation. Now, that's all disinformation. That's not misinformation. That's deliberate disinformation by the people that perpetrated that. Hillary Clinton was behind um, a great deal of that, by the way, and the fake dossier, which is Hillary Clinton, by the way. So we know about former FBI general counsel James Baker who went on from the FBI to join Twitter. As its deputy general counsel in June of 2020, Elon Musk fired him after, allegedly, he was in charge of vetting the Twitter files. How corrupt is that? What did he destroy? And you put him under oath and they just lie, and then they walk away smirking. We've seen it again and again and again, and uh, enough is enough. So... Uh, amazing stuff. Just amazing stuff. And I wish I could go through this with uh, Mike, but Matthew Williams was a senior supervisory intelligence analyst who was the FBI for 15 years. Also a big Democrat Party donor. He joined Twitter the same month as James Baker, the counsel. Right? I'm reading from Red State now and a good piece put together by uh, Nick Arama there. Because he did the legwork that the uh, fake news media is not doing. Then there's the former deputy chief of staff to former FBI director James Comey named Dawn Burton. Dawn Burton came on board at Twitter September of 2019 as director of strategy and operations uh, uh, and counsel for the organization. 
Jeff Carlton worked not only for the FBI, but also for the CIA and an intelligence officer for the United States Marine Corps. They, these left can corrupt everything. He joined Twitter in May of 2021, part of perhaps the most critical team, the Strategic Response Team that dealt with all the higher-level suspensions like President Trump and other questions resolving the highest profile, uh, the trust and safety escalation to ensure healthy public conversation, according to the Gestapo. Kevin uh, Michelena, 12-year FBI intelligence analyst, became senior corporate security analyst at Twitter in uh, July of 2021. Michael Bertrand, 23 years with the FBI in counterterrorism and internal investigations, joined Twitter in January. uh, uh, And uh, it's amazing. Karen Walsh, more than 20 years with the FBI, special agent focused on public-private sector outreach, joined Twitter in March of 2020. It goes on and on. Doug Hunt, 20 years of... uh, as supervisory special agent, senior director at Twitter, uh, February of 2016. Now, what happened in January of, uh, let me say, uh, it's uh, honestly, like Trump is just starting to run. Vincent Lucero, Vincent Lucero, any any member of the Al Capone uh, organized crime family? Vincent, I'm, I'm stereotyping Italians, aren't I? Just because of that whole organized crime thing. So uh, Mark uh, Jaruszewski, another supervisory special agent, corporate security, August of 2018. His job uh, focused on helping the FBI create strategic, uh, mutually beneficial relationships with the private sector. And then he joined Twitter because, you know, the Indian said he's also a Democrat donor. And a brain donor, but uh, and an integrity donor. But isn't that amazing? Also... The Washington Post is not covering the story. Even Elon Musk's, you see, the, the stuff is being released. It's coming out. Even Twitter's censorship chief was, this is Yoel Roth, was perplexed by the FBI demands. And the Daily Caller has the story. Former Twitter head of trust and safety, C. George Orwell. Yoel Roth was, quote, frankly perplexed, end quote by some of the Federal Bureau of Investigation's demands for the platform, according to newly released emails. Veteran journalist, not a conservative journalist like the Washington Post says because they lie about everything. Veteran journalist Matt Taibbi tweeted out correspondence between Yoel Roth and San Francisco FBI agent Elvis Chan. Here's Elvis Chan again. That's his real name. That's not a joke name. That's that's it. He's no number five son. It's a Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan reference. Uh, called him Elvis. I ran out of... Uh, and uh, as a supplemental thread to the Twitter files, and Matt Taibbi wrote that, uh, wrote that Yoel Roth receiving the questions from the FBI circulated them with other company executives and complained that he was, quote, frankly perplexed by the requests here, which seemed more like something we'd get from a congressional committee then from the Bureau, from the Bureau. He calls it the Bureau. Casual. He also refers to the intelligence community as the IC because they're so in bed 
they're in a lubricated sleeping bag with the federal government, which is dictating terms to these social media platforms, telling them what to publish and what not to publish. He said, uh, again, Yoel Roth, the uh, head of censorship, he added he was not, quote, comfortable with the Bureau and, by extension, the IC, meaning the intelligence community. He speaks in the shorthand speak of Washington bureaucrats demanding written answers. This is what Yoel Roth said. The idea of the FBI acting as conduit for the intelligence community is interesting, writes Matt Taibbi, given that many agencies are barred from domestic operations. Isn't this amazing? So even their own guy, Yoel Roth, is writing in memos to his own co-workers. Uh, it's just amazing that he is perplexed by the FBI's list of demands for for them to, you know, stamp out free speech with the hobnailed boot of the state, uh, doing it surreptitiously, doing it secretly behind the curtain. And this is the FBI up the yin-yang. Taibbi released emails from July of 2020 from Chan to Roth <coughs> with questions from the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, naturally the FITF, about state propaganda on the platform. But they were lying that it was state propaganda. They just didn't want things that were inconvenient for Biden and the Democrat Party. The FITF appeared skeptical of Roth's indications that he had, quote, not observed much recent activity from official propaganda actors, end quote, on Twitter, and sent him clarifying questions about his findings. Chan, the FBI agent Elvis, told him, there was quite a bit of discussion within the USIC, meaning the U.S. intelligence community, the United States intelligence community, to get clarifications from your company. Listen to this. I mean, are you guys dating? Are you going to the prom together? Do you go on vacation? Are you spending Christmas together? Do you have wife swaps with car keys and fish bowls? I mean, honestly, what what is up with this? This is the most corrupt thing that the United States has ever seen. And Roth sent the questionnaire to his team saying, I'm frankly perplexed by the requests here. Seemed to me more like something we get from a congressional committee than from the Bureau, as he calls the FBI. You know, the feds just rolled out the biggest threat to privacy and freedom in years and years. It's called the digital dollar. It's also called Order 14067. It gives the federal government unprecedented power to control your money and your spending. You need to get out of cash and fast. Call 888-446-5320. You're going to get your personal wealth protection guide from my friends at American Alternative Assets. They're standing by to help you protect your retirement, your nest egg, by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. So call 888-446-5320 today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will answer all the questions you have. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Call American Alternative Assets at 888-4-GOLD-20 to secure your free gold and silver guide today. That's 888-446-5320. Individual results may vary. There's no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. Yeah, isn't all this stuff horrifying? This is this is the stuff of the third world. This is Banana Republic stuff. And it's uh, going on right now. And as we learn more and more about it, 
We're also learning how corrupt the news media is, in case you didn't already know. Because not only are they not covering it, they're attacking people that are. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. I've got a CNN. CNN was uh, the CNN president, Chris Licht, was profiled by the New York Times over the weekend. And there's some pretty amazing stuff. Chris Licht, the FBI, the, uh, excuse me, the uh, New York Times, the New York Times licked Chris. But right now, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Paul calling from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Paolo, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, thank you also for exposing the truth, as it were. Uh, it seems so that lies are prevalent in today's world. And uh, for some reason, uh, those lies aren't being called out by mainstream media, which I think you've, you've been saying that for quite some time now. And uh, I was just reading a piece uh, by the, uh, the Daily Beast, who is pointing out a New York Times investigation. I didn't know the New York Times did investigations. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, it's interesting that they've uh, exposed a, a congressman-to-be his educational credentials. I didn't realize that uh, they had to have uh, educational credentials. Uh, especially with the Democrats, because they seem to fall in the same line and follow the same lies. If you remember back in the 80s, the press called out Joe Biden for his uh, plagiarism, as it were. And now he can tell lie after lie after lie and not be called to task. My question to you and to everyone listening is, who is our advocate when it comes to the truth? It certainly is in the mainstream media. So I think that I, the answer to me is obvious, that it has to be through our representative government, our, the, the people who are willing to tell the truth, our congressmen and senators. That would, be, uh, that would be very refreshing for sure. This is The Chris Plant Show. Yeah, even Twitter's own censorship chief, Yoel Roth, was appalled by how active the FBI was and with the uh, CIA, the intelligence community, trampling the free speech rights of Americans on behalf of the Joe Biden campaign on the lead-up to Election Day. Why, Why would that be a problem? Well, the Washington Post doesn't think it's a problem. Owned by, I guess, the second richest man in the world, right? You know, Elon Musk's mother is out there defending him. His mother is it? don't say mean things about my son. She's got to be uh, feeling pretty good and like in the mother world when she hangs out with other neighborhood mothers. She's like, oh, my son is Elon Musk. He's the richest man in the world. He's got a space program and electric cars, and he bought Twitter for $44 billion because it takes a South African to fight for free speech in the United States of America. Amazing. Speaking of which, the Democrats on Capitol Hill, that phony January 6th, January 6th committee, um, they're, oh, no, we're all on pins and needles waiting to find out whether they're going to refer President Trump for, for criminal prosecution. Well, let me, let me just pop that balloon now. 
There is no doubt. There is no question. I don't have any inside information, but I'm not a moron. So uh, I know that they're going to refer President Trump for uh, criminal prosecution for criminal charges because that's what they do. They're meeting at 1 p.m. Eastern time today, the, the radical extreme left Banana Republic lynch mob, the Joseph Stalin, Leventi, Beria, KV, KGB fake congressional committee. And it's not a legitimate committee. It never has been. Uh, and uh, they're going to refer, you know, for criminal prosecution. They're going to do it. Don't be surprised when they do. Also, their uh, buddy, their number two donor in the last election cycle, Sam Bankman-Fried, has not hanged himself in his jail cell yet in the Bahamas. And he's apparently got a court hearing today, I think, where he's going to waive his right to challenge extradition to the United States so that he can get out of that hellhole prison, come here where he'll hang himself, you know. Mm-mm-mm. Because got all that going for us. Amazing stuff. Yes, sir. Now, I was uh, I was talking about, uh, uh, oh, no, there's also the Stacey Abrams story, which is perfectly good. Stacey Abrams, you know, she's is she still the governor of uh, Georgia? She's an amazing story. Stacey, the Daily Caller has the story. The New York Times does not. The Washington Post does not. Stacey Abrams' campaign owes more than $1 million after election loss. Never mind the fact that she raised more than $100 million. What a whole house our political system has become. Man, oh man, $100 million to lose. And then you're a million dollars in debt when it's all over with. And it turns out that she stopped paying her campaign employees toward the end of the thing because they ran out of $100 million and then lost. Can you imagine? The level of loserdom that that involves is beyond comprehension. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you. $100 million, still a million in debt. Pay no attention. Pay no attention to any of that. Uh, and then I've got this uh, CNN story, which is, which is kind of fun, kind of amusing, kind of pathetic at the same time because our news media, you know how they are. Um, CNN, where they're laying people off left and right. Well, really just left. So they don't have any right to lay off. See, it's already can't lay off left and right. You can only lay off left. But the, um, the New York Times did a fluff piece on, which is why they're fluffers. They do these fluff pieces, and they're, they're fluffers. That's what they do. They do fluff pieces, and they fluff their pillows. Uh, the New York Times had a piece. They had their, their boy, James Stewart, not Jimmy Stewart, not the actor, profile CNN chief. He's the chief. They call him chief. Hello, chief. Chris Licht. Chris Licht, the New York Times. The New York Times licked Chris. It's a mutual admiration society. Tongue baths for everyone. The headline is, The Education of Chris Licht. Now, Chris Licht is the president of CNN. How did he become the president uh, after a long career in journalism? No, he was with the Comedy Central show, The Daily Show, with Jon Stewart for years. And then he was on late night, uh, supposed to be comedy TV. It's all, it's all politics. Uh, Jon Stewart, obviously, in Comedy Central. All Democrat Party propaganda uh, apparatus. And then he went to Stephen Colbert. 
because that's the path to uh, a great job in journalism. Oh, and Morning Joke. I forgot about Morning Joke. He was with, see, that's that's the kind of journalism they're looking for. And then they had made him president of CNN. He's the chief of CNN. And the New York Times uh, uh, fluffer, uh, uh, James Stewart, the education of Chris Licht, it's the education. It's the re-education, Chairman Mao style. But in this fluffy piece, Licht, Chris Licht, said he's talking about the response he gets from the very few listeners or viewers that they have at CNN. He said, this is quoting Chris Licht, the uninformed vitriol, the uninformed vitriol, he said, especially from, pause, 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 the left, is what he said. The uninformed vitriol, especially from the left, has been stunning, Mr. Licht said, during one of his several interviews with the New York Times, spanning his nearly eight-month tenure. Oh, he's a grizzled old veteran now. He said, which proves my point. It doesn't really. So much of what passes for news is name-calling, half-truths, and desperation. Well, that's CNN. That's why, you know, uh, keep in mind, Chris Licht, I think the New York Times did not include this in their profile of Chris Licht. The New York Times smiled. Here's the, uh, here's the thing. The New York Times had this poll a couple of months ago that they took before uh, the midterm elections, and they asked the American people, do you believe there is, uh, that our democracy is under threat? And more than 70% of us said yes. Then they asked, who's the biggest threat? Who or what is the biggest threat to our democracy? And 84% of us said the news media. And then the next biggest winner was the Democrat Party, which is not what the New York Times had hoped for. Way down there, much later, the Republican Party, and then after that, uh, Donald Trump. But they were like, wow, because in the New York Times newsroom, <laughs> the results were the opposite. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Um, but here's Chris Licht, and, uh, and I love the uninformed vitriol, especially from the left, has been stunning. Well, it wouldn't stun me because I follow the news and I know what's going on. And so it wouldn't have surprised me at all, but it surprised him completely. Of course, he comes from Comedy Central and MSDNC and late night entertainment TV. And then they went to David Zaslov. David Zaslov is the Warner Brothers Discovery president and CEO. And uh, he was at his usual corner table at the Gramercy Tavern, Gramercy Park in Manhattan, where the elite meet to eat uh, babies. And uh, Mr. Zaslov indicated that he's an old friend of Chris Licht, right? At least he used to be. Zaslov indicated their years-long relationship had fundamentally changed. Zaslov said of Chris Licht, We've been friends for 15 years, Zaslov said. We're not friends anymore. You work for me. This is New York media people. Not good people, not nice people. If one of them wants to marry your daughter, stop it from happening. All right? You work for me. Uh, and then listen to this. John Stewart and Stephen Colbert floated for primetime shows on CNN. Listen to this. They're, Stephen Colbert, uh, don't they pay him like, you know, $100 million a minute to, to do bad Democrat Party propaganda at CBS? And he's going to go to CNN which has the ratings of the cartoon channel gets better ratings 
So I don't want to insult the Cartoon Network by saying it has the because they're lower. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Stephen Colbert or John Stewart for primetime shows on CNN. Doesn't John Stewart have some uh, online thing? Yeah, Apple TV. They pay millions of dollars. See, all the lefties get uh, multi-million dollar jobs from the big corporations. And uh, no conservative media ever get these these deals. They don't get the miniseries on Netflix like, uh, you know, Prince What's-His-Name and and his uh, trampy uh, pain-in-the-rump wife. No, nobody, all these, they just, it's a great big circle fest. It's, uh, it's the biggest circle fest the world has ever seen. So they're talking about Stephen Colbert for a show on CNN or Jon Stewart. What, what, what business are you people in? Oh, yeah, they're in the television business, not the journalism business, not the news business. And these guys are both Democrat Party propaganda apparatchiks. And so naturally, the dim-witted leadership at CNN which doesn't come from a news background. They, um, <clears throat> you know, they've got, um, that. oh, maybe Jon Stewart would come work for us. Maybe Stephen Cole, because they're just in TV. They just want to be in television and do the work of the Democrat Party. Leave that to the FBI, guys, and the CIA. So there it is. CNN that's, sucks. That's what they're uh, talking about. You can take his word for it. Yeah. And look at their field of vision, because they view the world through a straw, goes all the way from Jon Stewart to Stephen Colbert. That's the breadth of their worldview. Mm. Seeing the world through a straw. My taste in comedy goes all the way from Stephen Colbert to Jon Stewart. That, that's it. That covers the waterfront. All right, let's go. We got to I, I talk to her. Let's go to Martha Raddatz. Number 11, she was interviewing ABC News this week, um, which used to be a pretty good show, but long ago uh, they ended that. Martha Raddatz, uh, who, again, I used to compete against uh, when she was with ABC at the Pentagon. I was with CNN at the Pentagon. And Martha Raddatz hosting, talking to Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott about the calamity, the crisis at the border, which you're all aware of, but Martha Raddatz isn't. And she says to Governor uh, Greg Abbott, well, you guys are the ones that are causing all the people to rush our border, not Joe Biden. You talk about the border wall. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border. Come on over. But people I have heard say it are you our former President Trump, or Ron DeSantis, that message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border, and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. See, you guys are the ones who are saying, there's an open border, come on over, not Joe Biden. I don't recall any of these uh, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Greg Abbott saying there's an open border, come on over. They're sounding the alarm. And you know what, Martha? It's your job to uh, sound the alarm, not to be a mouthpiece for the Biden White House. And Joe Biden never said that. No, he's the one that opened the border. He's the one that uh, indicted, remember, the, uh, the uh, uh, Latin American Border Patrol agents on horseback lashing. You will pay 
uh, open borders. Uh, here's a security blanket for your uh, Governor Abbott. It was it was known from the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not is known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. It's known among the car. Well, it's known to everyone except the American news media that's been actively engaged in a cover up on behalf of their party, the Democrat Party. And when Republican governors sound the alarm demanding that the federal government take action, then Martha Raddatz at ABC News, representing the broader news media here, says, no, it's your fault that our border is being rushed. You're the one saying Joe Biden never said the border's open. Come on over. I don't think these Republican governors ever said, uh, come on over, Reddits. And how do you play into that? What can you do better? Uh, so we have every level of government doing everything she we has can no to idea. prevent people from coming into the country illegally or repelling them or arresting them and putting them behind bars. She, he's like calling out the National Guard as governor to do what the federal government is not doing. And she appears to be... Uh, blissfully unaware of everything that's good because, as I like to say, because it's true, they don't follow the news. Here's Republican Congressman uh, Chip Roy on Biden and the border. My GOP colleagues from the Texas delegation got together and we introduced what we call the Texas border plan. We know what to do. We saw it work under the Trump administration, but it's also common sense. But we need to have the policies that will actually work. And what those policies have to be are turn away and detain, not apprehend and release. He's a uh, Texas congressman, and and he knows. And here's uh, Democrat Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio. I don't hear a lot about immigration from voters except people in the far right that, that always want to gain political um, advantage. Yeah, he doesn't hear a lot about the border. He doesn't hear a lot about the border except from the far right. He's a leftist extremist in the Soviet model. See, this is the rhetoric that they that they create. And so you should only respond in kind. And all Republican members of Congress should label Sherrod Brown as an extremist and a radical uh, in the Soviet mold who's in the pocket of the communist Chinese because that's the, you know, that's the rhetoric. This is how the, the Democrats with their information dominance have, have uh, changed the political conversation in America. And this is what it sounds like now. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. You know, uh, 27 of the 30 most crime-ridden cities in the United States are run by Democrats. 27 out of 30. Uh, Trading text with an Army colonel friend of mine about this over the weekend. So we're going to have to have a talk with those three Republican mayors. 27 of the 30 most crime-ridden cities in the United States run by uh, Democrats. The Republicans, they must have Democrat city councils or something. Washington, D.C., where I live and from where I'm broadcasting right now, uh, the crime rate is skyrocketing. Murders are skyrocketing, carjackings, uh, uh, lootings, robberies, a lot of mob violence. There is a uh, Democrat who is elected to the uh, uh, advisory neighborhood committee. It's kind of below city council. But you have a neighborhood, and her neighborhood is Capitol Hill. Her name is Denise Rucker-Krepp. Denise Rucker-Krepp. 
is her name, but she's an elected Democrat. And she went on the television and said, and because in D.C., the Democrats are on the brink of passing a new bill that will put more criminals on the street, let more people out of jail and prison to get more murder. I think it has to come down to every single person being impacted. And that's what's happening in my single member district where I've had a rape and murder, armed carjackings, home invasions, robberies, stabbings, shootings. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have enough fingers to count all the crimes that have occurred. And that's why my residents are saying enough is enough. We need help. Yeah, but the city council is going to vote unanimously to put more criminals on the street and to tie the hands of the police because that's what Democrats do. In Los Angeles, they have a mayor there, a new mayor, Karen Bass. She used to be in the House of Representatives. And she's, they have a $1 billion homeless budget in Los Angeles. And they have 40,000 homeless people, but uh, not for long. You have to address the reasons why they wound up unhoused uh, while you house them. So we're going to launch a program on Tuesday called Inside Safe, which is going to address the people that are in the tents. Now, it's not going to address everybody, but it is going going to address mm-hmm. uh, hopefully a significant number but we're going to put them in motels and hotels immediately all right all right the beverly wilshire hotel uh, uh the beverly hilton i'm sure you guys should be on the lookout we're gonna it's hotels for forty thousand on the taxpayers uh get out of that tent get into the beverly wilshire hotel one of the great hotels you're gonna find anywhere it's uh, right in beverly hills at uh well, you know, the corner of Beverly and Wilshire, is, that's why they named it that. Uh, great stuff. I met Don King there one time. Don King, you know? Only in America, Don King. Yeah, um, hotels, hotel rooms for everyone. It's, it's on the taxpayers. They're already spending a billion dollars a year, and they have 40000 on the street. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.